0: Hey guys, it's Sean, and you're watching the Kingdom Core Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Core Podcast. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm Chris. And that was World Without a Sun by O oh Sleeper, one of my favorite tracks off uh, Sun of the Morning. And uh, we have a pretty interesting episode topic for today, right, Chris?
1: Yeah, dude, it's going to be controversial, I'm sure. I I hope so. We're all we're we're all for controversy <laughs> over here.
0: So this is episode three of the Kingdom Core podcast. If you haven't listened to episode two, uh, we had an amazing conversation with Mike of Convictions. Um, we actually haven't had it yet. We're filming this ahead of that. But we, we, know we know it's it going to be, be awesome. awesome. We know it's going to be awesome. It's convictions. So <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, uh, definitely go listen to that because it will be an awesome conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about I Won't Survive, their new EP. going to talk about mental health, um, just quarantine, uh, faith. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, I know you guys are going to love it. So today we are going to talk about what is the best year in the christian metal scene in the history of it so like what year had the best releases what year had the best bands come on the scene
1: best songs right best album art yeah we uh did some prep for this episode not too much but (laughs) just quickly (laughs) glimpse i'll still be looking at my phone (laughs) yeah we we actually started this out by we were going to both pick whatever our favorite year was and basically debate on <laughs> what year was oh, the yeah. best. But we actually, kind of, without telling each other, but we had to kind of tell each other, we basically settled on the same year. So yes. that kind of changed the direction that we were going with this episode. But it was so close. There was so was many really years things. in the same time period Definitely. that I'm like, it was so hard to decide. But. And today,
0: I I made a post on Kingdom Core asking what you guys thought was the uh, best year in the history of the Christian metal scene. And just seeing all those answers reminded me of albums that were all in the same year. Where I was like, oh shoot, like my my year might be wrong. Like no, but that's but no, the thing.
1: We have scientifically proven it because we both we have. said this is it. <laughs> yes that is we have we have scientifically tested it yes no but i was i actually i did leave a comment on it i was just like oh man there are so many wrong answers
0: (laughs) there were a lot of wrong answers let me look it up my favorite answer was um let me pull. there was a couple
1: people who got it right and i i casually liked some of their their comments (laughs) without giving it away
0: my favorite comment was 0 bc when christ the lord himself entered earth and inspired musicians two thousand years later and i was like i can't argue with that logic i can't yeah that was uh, i did see that yeah so so yeah so we're going to be talking about the year zero bc the the year of our lord
1: (laughs) i wonder what what uh what jesus's favorite metal band was then Ooh, oh, that'd be a good episode. What, is, what would <laughs> Jesus' favorite metal
0: band be? <laughs> oh, we, we got to do that, man. If you guys have any detective skills, then um, you probably guessed what year is our favorite based off of our intro song, World Without the Sun by O Sleeper. But Chris, why don't you tell them what uh, our favorite year in Christian metal history is?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I think we should get a drum roll, right? drum roll can it play oh 2009! 2009 2009 <laughs> we should have like,
0: bam, 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 bam. <laughs> like,
1: like. <laughs> uh, i could i could totally find that and add that in i think that would be really <laughs> stupid and <laughs> <beginning>. <laughs> but yeah right.
0: 2009 so, 2009 so chris why 2009 let's just let's just
1: ask that first I think as a basis, my, I made the decision on how many albums that I love came from that year. And just looking at out of all the ones that I own in my music player, I don't know how many there was. I. There were like, like a um, good
0: 30 or 40 40? albums in the Christian yeah. scene that
1: year. It's nuts. And there was. It's crazy. We made a giant list and we left a bunch off that yes well, some off that could have been on there but basically were somewhat irrelevant so we have a list of like probably almost 50 releases though
0: yeah
1: i not <laughs> too many to, to tackle in this episode alone yeah but
0: um i guess my uh criteria when i was judging was basically yeah like what you said uh what are my favorite albums personally that were in that year I also judged it off of like um, what bands had their first, like like had their debut EP or album that year, and there's some good ones. Even even if the EP or the um, like the debut album may not have been that amazing, I think it is a big year in the scene. Uh, whenever like a band that went on to do great things premiered mm-hmm. their first uh, or debuted their first music, so uh, that was definitely it. Uh, definitely album artwork. Yeah, just all that overall. Um, was there anything else you judged yours off
1: of, Chris? Honestly, it was just looking at the albums as a whole, like the album list. But mm-hmm. I, me, even being the album art person that uh, I, I just <laughs> love artwork. I wasn't even thinking about that honestly. <laughs> but there oh, really? Is, there is definitely some very iconic artwork from this year. Um, that like it's hard to picture a greatest christian metal or christian rock albums of all time and not have some of these albums on that list. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah, there's there's so many good ones, especially even we'll, we'll get into it, even the more rock side. Oh yeah. There is some um from like the biggest bands they released some of the best albums during this time. Oh, 100%. Hundred percent. So I guess without further ado, let's start off with "Sun of the Morning"
0: by O oh Sleeper. If we had that as our intro, okay. start off with that.
1: "Sun of the Morning" was actually my first O oh Sleeper album. Uh, as if you guys listen to our first episode, where we kind of introduced ourselves and our history and the scene, I got into metal in 2010. Started with rock 2007, and then as soon as 2010 hit, was when I was like, okay, I like metal. I like hardcore all that kind of stuff. Son of the morning. I feel like I had maybe heard one of the songs on Christian Radio like christianrock.net or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and just passed over it. Like obviously I wasn't super into metal at the, in 2009, but right. right. 2010 I may perhaps have downloaded this album not so legally and oh. <laughs> and I <laughs> I would listen to Chris it. Chris doesn't support artists. <laughs> I do now.
0: <laughs>
1: he does now. But for many years, I, I did. Rip God forgives. It's okay. Oh, sorry. He's yeah, I repent. <laughs> but basically, when I discovered this album, I listened through it multiple times. I remember delivering papers or something, and I had my iPod and walked around and, and had it playing. But I remember the new breed, and that Ooh. that was the song that yes. hooked me that i listened to over and over and over again so and good. It, it was very rare that i would repeat a song like that mm-hmm. and i think it really comes down to the riff the the riff after the build up like that's the part that just hooks me every time and every time i hear it it's i was listening to it right before we got here and it's just so iconic <laughs>
0: it's it's really good uh for for that album that was actually my i don't know if it was the first O sleeper album i listened to it was definitely the first one that grabbed me uh like i said in the last podcast um getting from crossing the branch from like hard rock to like metal to metalcore kind of took a good couple years for it. that that transition happened over the course of like 2013 to like 2015 ish and then continued on into 2016 when i just dove like head first into like as heavy as I could get. Mm-hmm. But I think it was probably around 2015, I would say, it was when I finally decided to check out Auto Sleeper when I was checking out all the good Christian metalcore. I think I had listened to some by Children of Fire. I think I had downloaded all their albums and then I shuffled them. Cause that's what I would oh, okay. do when I found a new band back then. I would just shuffle them oh, to find I could out. Never like, do that, man. That I, so like I didn't know. Like I didn't have anyone in my life telling me like, oh, you need to listen to this album, or oh, like this album's their best. So I would determine it based off. Like I would turn them on for maybe an hour and a half, shuffle, and be like, well, I liked the most songs off of this album, so I'm going to listen to this album.
1: That's and so such an interesting way of doing it. I've never thought it, of that I bad. don't do that anymore. <laughs> I only did that
0: like back then. So I remember I was like okay, let's listen to a full album. so I turned on Sun of the morning and like yeah, the title track is really cool and now I would probably say that's my favorite O oh sleeper song is the title track Sun of the morning but when I listened to it that first time, I can still remember where I was. I was at the gym I was working out. And I remember when the new breed came on, I was like, oh, this is like, this is insane. Like, I love this. Like, it just had the perfect, like, uh, it was very uh, melodic. It was heavy, catchy. It just like had all those things that hard rock had, but put in the metalcore that made it so easy for me to love the transition in the sound that I was listening to. That right there, that song definitely hooked me. Uh I think when we talk about Son of the Morning, you gotta talk about that album art, because that is one of the most iconic pieces of art in Christian metal ever, I would say. Definitely. I was gonna
1: say, like, it's so it's so simplistic, but mm. it's the the logo, like a lot of band logos around that era, were have become so iconic. Oh and, yeah. yeah, just like looking at it, like As far as like from an art standpoint of actually creating it, it's so minimal. So minimal. The colors, even just like the Mm -hmm. the color of like the circle, it's just yeah. Oh yeah, spot on. It's just so visually
0: appealing. Ryan Clark just like always knocks it out of the park because I think Ryan Clark is probably the best. Him and Quiggle for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say. But they're two totally different yeah they're they're way different in and they're style. both
1: like loyal to a specific uh a label label <laughs> yeah definitely
0: and so um i think just the brilliance of taking the pentagram and then taking the lyrics from the finisher when he says i'll cut off your horns and then just taking off the two horns on top of a pentagram and just to show like that 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 the devil has no power over over us. Sin has no power. Death has no power over those who are in Christ. And I just, I mean, I want that tattooed. Like if I ever get tattoos, I definitely want that uh, like on my forearm. I have seen several Christian metalheads with that, um, with that tattoo for sure. It makes great merch.
1: As just a quick little side note here, guess what band logo I have always wanted to get tattooed, but probably never will because people will think I'm weird like my, my family <laughs> but i've always wanted it demon hunter oh oh yeah oh gosh yeah just a big demon skull yeah oh that would i've always like said that if i was ever gonna get a tattoo that was what i wanted to have tattooed on me somewhere oh, that's funny Dude, those are...
0: I've never actually met someone who had one, but you see them all the those time Those pictures
1: online. online that people send like, in, oh my god! People goodness. get them full chest, like full <laughs> back. Like,
0: it's crazy. Like, their fans are insane, and I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Like, I don't see many other bands getting as much dedication from their fans as Demon Hunter, for yeah, real. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. Well, to keep this conversation going, dude, how about yes. you? What is an album that you want to talk about what is an album i want to
0: talk about from 2009 um you know what i was listening to these guys earlier today i posted about them earlier today because today is august 18th 818 let's go with roots with roots above and branches below by the devil wears prada that is so i have forever said the dead throne is my favorite devil wears prada album and I would like to go out on record and say I listened to with Roots Above and Branches Below maybe a week ago. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is definitely their best album. What? And so you changed your I would, mind? I changed my mind because I no! got so into it. Okay, so part of it might be because I haven't gone to a show in almost two years. Mm-hmm. One of my last shows no, it was maybe Did you go to Yeah, one of my last tour? shows I went to the tenth anniversary tour.
1: I got to go to the same tour, and that was—it's very rare that I get to go to shows. It was so good, and I think just listening to the album and then not
0: having been to a show in so long was making me remember how much fun I had at that show. And I think just that whole experience made me just be like, "Okay, I love this album so much." Whereas with Dead Throne, I've only seen a few of those played live because I've seen I've seen Prada. Uh, three times, I think. And they play, like, they play Mammoth, you know? They play Dead Throne, but they don't really play anything else off of that.
1: They played... Um, I feel like they played two or three songs from that album during that tour. And I was surprised. I thought the way that I had seen people talking about that show was that they were just playing through the whole album front to back. No. Um, and then they ended up throwing in song yeah. every third or fourth song they would do something else from their catalog, and I was like, "Yes, oh really? Like, I never got to I never got to hear any of those songs live. Okay. I, that was my first time. Gotcha. Seeing them.
0: Okay, at my show, it was really cool. They actually started off with five, five or six songs that weren't from With Roots Above. Oh the yeah, yeah. No, no. Sorry,
1: that is yeah. They started with yeah, uh, and I thought and that was they, really cool. And
0: then they yeah. went in and played with Roots Above. Okay, I, I, they gapped in so, between the songs after that for me, but yeah, it yeah. was cool. So let, let's get back to the album why this is um why this is just so iconic. Like whether Dead Throne or with Roots Above or even any other Prada work is your favorite, I think we could all agree that with that Roots is probably their most iconic album. Um, that album art is really iconic. It was the like in names. the heist... Song names, definitely. Assistant Uh, to the regional manager. (laughs) manager.
1: Yep. (laughs) I'm I'm literally, we've been binging that. Like, I I got my wife to finally watch it. And uh, we are almost done season three. Probably in the So week. So good. good. I have been in a perpetual
0: binge of The Office for like five years. (laughs) so uh all coming up on six years but anyway yeah the song names yeah i've sassafras i hate big wiggly style big wiggly style you gotta love it uh des moines
1: (laughs) yeah i always i always thought that one was funny i love that song Um, uh so good and then uh danger wild man (laughs)
0: yeah danger wild man and so like that album that album was in the height of when, I'm going to say, like, 2004 to 2009 was the height of the scene. Like, just in general, what people referred to as the scene days, you know? Because Devil Wears Prada hit the scene in 2007. And although I wasn't into that kind of music back then, um, because I knew someone who was, I actually kind of knew what was going on in this scene. So I remember when Devil Wears Prada gained popularity and i remember when with roots above and branches below came out and i remember i was 12 13 when that came out i remember going into hot topic and listening to it and was like oh this is actually really cool and i remember ever all the employees in there were I think i walked in and they were playing it like it was a big deal when that album yeah. dropped it was huge for scene kids um it still is big. It was big enough to get a 10-year tour by guys who are clearly not seen kids anymore, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny. And the, the artwork is also... I don't know if it's just, like, the colors or the actual image itself, but there is definitely something iconic about it. I always preferred Plagues, um, yeah. at least the... I guess it's technically the reissue, the one with like all the like greens and purples and pinks. But, um, yeah, there is definitely something iconic about this album. hundred
0: percent. And sorry if you're listening to some streaming services, you won't see this. But for those on YouTube, oh, I just got to show off this bad boy real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because
0: it pairs so perfectly with that album art. Yeah, you might be able to see it. It's like, here, oh, that's another angle. Oh, the color, though. It, oh, yeah, I match it It's like a purple, yellow, gold swirl that just matches nice. that album art perfectly. I just had to show that off.
1: That's but um, what is your favorite song off that album? I think it's, it's always been Assistant to the Regional Manager, but mm-hmm. a close second, I think, has always been Louder Than Thunder which Ooh. is one of their slow songs, but... Yeah,
0: that's a good one.
1: Yeah, it, those two songs were the ones that I, I think had the most airtime when I would okay. listen to
0: it. Prada took me a while. Um, when I was getting into the metalcore, and I feel like that's normal. A lot of people when they're getting into metalcore don't don't generally lean towards Prada. Uh, my Kranika's vocals are as iconic as they are and as good as they are. For someone who's just getting into metalcore, they're a little off-putting.
1: I would say for the most part. I think after I would say that after Dead Throne, I feel like the early stuff, though, was um, granted, I guess I didn't listen to too much like secular metalcore from that era. But mm-hmm. I, there was definitely a huge switch with his style after Death. There was. And I sure. thought I thought that was I hated Dead Throne when it came out because the vocal style was so different. And okay. now I look back and I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's, I actually would much prefer that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So like for me getting into metalcore, it was taking me forever to get into Prada. I was into like everyone else. Like I, I genuinely believe it wasn't until like 2016 ish potentially even 2017 until I finally got into Prada and it was this album. And my buddy's like, well, you love like the metalcore with the catchy clean vocals so instead of just viewing a thirty second preview on iTunes of these guys, why don't you just like buy the album, listen to it, and if you don't like it, I will give you the money that you spent on it. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose? They you always get it.
1: more invested when you actually fork over the money before listening to it. Yeah, that's <laughs> like too. no matter what you're listening to. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. You have to convince yourself you that you it. like it. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so um, I remember downloading it and I turned it on. Sassafras comes on and I'm like, okay, I like this is cool. Like I'm into it kind of still a little It's a little abrasive for me And then that that bridge comes in that that like synthy melodic bridge When he hits that high note and you hear Mike screaming in the back I remember like I still get chills to this day during that part and I remember that's when I fell in love with them. I just remember listening to that entire album just being blown away. And like, how did I never like this? But like, <laughs> it's so cool when an album finally clicks with you that you've tried so hard to appreciate, you know?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think also lastly on this band before we move on. Yeah. I made the mistake not a while later, like four years later of <laughs> what? Watching the movie, thinking that it had (laughs) that there would be some sort of related content, but no, don't waste your time. Uh, (laughs) You can definitely skip that one. (laughs) That movie just made me mad. I've (laughs) never (laughs) even seen it. It's just like it made me mad because, like, I'm like, how do that's Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway, right? (sighs) Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, just all about fashion
0: and like, yeah. You wouldn't get it. It's it's art, Chris. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> it's not yeah, just... the yeah. fashion the fashion is
1: a symbol. <laughs> actually yeah, no, it is. Actually, it points to a greater problem in society. You literally just nailed the entire movie right there and you haven't even seen it. <laughs> That's oh literally like, I think. I mean it. they
0: named the band um, after I think it was a book before it was a movie. It was a book, yeah. It was basically showing that like that vanity and luxury is like... what? What's it say in um, in Ecclesiastes? All is vanity, you know? Like, it's all hopeless. That's mm-hmm. what they were saying. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, devil was brought with roots b- above and branches below. Chris, album from
1: 2009. <sighs> I'm going to go with a rock one that I actually listened to. You're going to go with a rock one? Okay, cool. Um, in preparation. And I think this... This is a sophomore record from this band. They were absolutely huge at this time. And I think that this album, like looking back now, I don't hear anybody talking about it. I feel like it's underrated. But yeah, it's Memento Mori by Flyleaf. Oh, okay. And it's, uh, I remember I had just become a big fan of them before this album came out. Like, basically, as they were gearing up to release this album. And I don't know, man. Like, listening to the lyrics today, this album is, like, actually... I think it's incredible. Like, there's so many catchy parts. So many interesting and unique um, melodies and just everything combined. The artwork is so random and different The artwork is but very like,
0: interesting for sure but
1: it, it like i don't know again like if it's just like the blend of all the colors and stuff but i feel like it's really nostalgic and kind of iconic insert like in mm-hmm. my mind i think back of 2009 rock albums and yeah, yeah that's one of the ones that I, I picture right away and there's just so much great lyrical content throughout uh, i was blown away today like i haven't listened to it in a couple years but definitely definitely an amazing album sweet so um while we are on the rock train there were
0: actually quite a bit of christian rock albums released in 2009 that so i think hold up today ones. um let's go with let's go with innocence and instinct your yes. favorite red album uh that is like um, so many people uh that is like people say that that is Red's best album. I feel like yeah. that is a fan favorite. It's not my personal uh, favorite Red album. I'd say it's probably number three for me, which I think is top three for a seven-album band. Six-album band is pretty good. Um, I I love that album. Uh, the artwork is great. Chris, it's your favorite Red album. Why don't you uh, tell us why?
1: Well, I mean, for starters... Oh, you got
0: it there. I show I show oh. a record, and now you're showing a CD. Yeah,
1: well, I mean... If, I, if I, Red I, I, would
0: have kept their promise of pressing this, like, they said, like, 43 years ago, they said they were going to put all their music on vinyl, and they haven't. Oh, really? really
1: yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess now that they're, like, independent, and, like, they're probably trying to get the rights back or something. Probably, Yeah. I have, the, I have the deluxe version, which came oh, with the black I love sleeve. the
0: album art on the deluxe. The yeah. gray
1: just looks so much cooler than the white. It's so good. And like it came with the uh, DVD that has the Death of Me music video, the making oh. of the album, um, and some bonus tracks. The bonus tracks on this thing. Bonus tracks. Sorry, I don't so know good. why my, my chair keeps sinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, the hydraulic in it is just broken. I'm just going to... Uh, this is a great time to plug in our patreon <laughs> guys we need, need money to buy chris a new chair <laughs> and shauna light <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my gosh uh, okay hold on one sec. this is absolutely annoying. i remember hearing i think it was fight inside was the first single Ooh, okay Okay. Uh, when they they started dropping singles, and I was mind blown when I f- first heard that mm. on I I can't remember if it was ChristianRock.net or like I don't think people were putting stuff on YouTube just then. But was that your first exposure to Red? No. So I, okay, Red was Red was one of my earliest bands, probably like number like six or seven of. Christian bands, oh, wow. like The okay. Lion K, Skillet, Thousand for Crutches, yeah, and I yeah, Red. Yeah. I had somebody tell me about Red and Skillet at the same time. It was the same person online. Mm. He's like, oh, you should check out these bands. And Breathe Into Me was my first oh, yeah. exposure to Red. And definitely. it's still arguably their best song ever. <laughs> You're probably it's definitely their most iconic. Me I mean, yeah, iconic. I feel like as a whole, maybe not anything matched that on Innocence and Incinct, But like, Fight Inside, Death of Me, for many years, I always thought Ordinary World was an original. Um, <laughs> I, I was working at Walmart. Chris, Chris was only allowed to listen to Christian music. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I had, for many years, I had no idea what... A cover song meant. Like, I didn't know oh. that artist could do that. And I remember I was working in produce at Walmart, my first job. <laughs> I was in the freezer in the back, and I hear Ordinary World come on the radio. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not Red. Why does this suck so much? Like, oh my gosh, that's I, great. <laughs> and to this day, I'll say Ordinary World by Red is far better. And far superior to the original yes.
0: song. Oh, 100%. You're like,
1: what the heck is a Duran Duran? <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't even know until right now that you said that. That that was the, the band who made it. You didn't know the band? You've <laughs> never heard Duran Duran? Dude, they were massive in the 80s. I've heard their name but for sure, okay. but I cannot pick All out right. any other music.
0: <laughs> so one thing I will say about this album is it, uh, it played a massively pivotal role in in getting me into Christian rock, metal, hard rock, all that stuff. Um, I was kind of into it. So, like when I got into it, I wasn't fully into it. I was still listening to this and other stuff, and I would just kind of casually listen to this. But I could remember in 2013, I'm on my way home from winter camp, uh, from like church. You about to say winter, winter jam? Camp. Oh no no! I was on my way home from uh, church winter Fish camp Fest. and sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Fish Fest. Oh gosh, <laughs> go watch episode one if you if you don't know what Fish Fest is. Best uh-huh. best story ever. Best story ever. Yeah, so I was riding home in the bus and uh, a bunch of us like were listening to music. So like I put in my headphones and I just like had a few songs on. And so I, like, shuffled whatever, like, Christian rock I had downloaded to listen to over the weekend, and Shadows comes on. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, like, this grabbed me? I still think this grab this was the first Christian rock song to, like, grab my soul and to, like, literally, like, to take me to another place mentally, wow. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was the first time I was like, wow, like, I need – all of the, I need everything that sounds like this. I need all of it. Like, and I can remember here when that chorus came in, I was, I couldn't believe that there was music like that. That was so good. And that was also Christ centered, at least at the time it was. Gosh, that was 2013. So then I saw them in 2014 for the second time. I saw them on their recalibrated tour. And I saw them at a little venue near me called Chain Reaction. Um, very iconic venue. Red got to play that. They sold it out. Isn't that where Uh, Face Down Fest
1: usually was for a long time?
0: Uh, Face Down Fest has been there. It's usually at the Glass House. Okay, the Glass
1: House. Yeah.
0: Um, but they played it. Um, Disciple and Spoken opened, so it's just an amazing good lineup. That 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 was right after Breathe or uh, Illusion came out. Right after that, it was right after like Joey um andrew and josiah and jason all joined disciple it was like right after yeah. that yeah. um i think it was some of their first tours with disciple i remember sorry i'm getting away from red for a bit <laughs> but i remember that uh attack wasn't even out yet but they played radical and none yeah. of us had heard it and it was insane hearing that song never having heard Disciple sound like that you know yeah i'm at that show and so in the middle of the red set, they're killing it and they play shadows and the entire place, chain reaction sold out. 300, 350 people are jumping up and down the entire song. You can hear the crowd louder than louder than the band. Like not just wow. you could hear us louder than Michael, like you could literally hear us louder than the music. And that was like I think that was my second or third show ever. So that that moment has always just stuck in my memory going back full circle from that was the song that led me to even wanting to see Red live, and then for that song to just be the best song of the night, and to be, like, that cool, and for me to feel like, um, like it was the first time I ever felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself, and that's what the Christian rock and metal scene is, and that's when I was like, I want this, like, like, this is, this is the most fun I've ever had in my life, this is the most uh, this is the biggest feeling of belonging I've ever felt and so just that right there is why I love this album so much just one song is, is all it takes for me to love this album so much
1: yeah it's it's so good and again I think I feel like 2009 was almost like the year of the sophomore records that actually it went was well oh like, 100% there's so many like, in here what else I mean we've got
0: Crash by Decipher Down. That's an iconic Christian rock album. I don't Portraits, think anyone For Today, argued.
1: Sons of Thunder by that? Sleeping Giant. Oh, Time.
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was.
1: Was Depravity by A Plea for Purging, is that their second album? I think it's their
0: second full length. They yeah. had an EP, then their first album, A Critique of Mind or whatever, and then Depravity. And Oh, Sleeper, like we've already talked about. Oh, Sleeper, definitely. Um, yeah. So many... <laughs> fly <laughs> yeah uh, yeah there's so yeah. many good ones here oh even Gwen stacy
1: advent yeah those were all sophomores inhale exhale uh, i think as well if i'm not mistaken. oh yeah that, that may was have their been, second one
0: that was their second so many sophomore albums that year
1: yeah um the almost monster monster by the the almost i'm yeah that was his second album okay love that album got it behind me here Gotcha. Hey everyone, Chris here. I just wanted to take a break here and let you guys know of a couple cool things that we're doing here. We joked about it just a little bit ago in the podcast, but we actually have set up a Patreon page. Time that we recorded it, we hadn't, but uh, this is a few weeks later. And just before this goes live, links will be in the description below, but you can go to patreon.com slash podcast, and you can actually see all the tiers that you guys can help out financially. If you want to support the podcast and what we're doing, basically all of the money will go towards the podcast and making it a better experience for you guys. Uh, we have a couple technical things that we want to upgrade and invest in and and your guys' money will help go to support that and in the long run we will have a better podcast this is a one dollar tier if you really just want to give a dollars a thank you we have a five dollar ten dollar twenty dollar tiers that have really cool perks like getting your names at the end of a podcast kind of in a credit scroll if you do the twenty dollar option you guys will actually have the opportunity to voice over and be part of the outro of the podcast and you can share one of your favorite bands or albums we don't have this spot completely finalized yet but we will have like a script to kind of read off of for some info we will have a couple higher tiers if you want to purchase an ad spot for your band or brand and uh, more details will be coming on that in the near future so stay tuned on the patreon page for that also i just want to let you guys know this coming friday september 10th is the drop of my new single from my solo project, Refiner. This is the second single that I've released. It's called Crimson Rain, and this is the artwork that I did up for it. Um, Hope you guys will dig the song. I've had nothing but great feedback so far, and thank you to everybody in the community for sharing around the first single, The Clock and Veil, uh, that has Completely blown my expectations for how this project was going to start and uh, and do compared to my previous work. Thank you all for your love and support. I really can't wait to drop this one here on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com for the rock. Uh, come and check it out. It'll be dropping on Friday as well as on all streaming services spotify apple music all the typical ones that you can think of without a further ado i want to give you guys a quick little snippet of the song and we will head back into the podcast thank you so much So, I want to talk about a band that had an absolute banger of a debut album in 2009. A little band that some of you guys might know called Nine Lashes.
0: Oh, they released Lashes. their debut album,
1: Escape. It is absolutely amazing. Their song "Words of Red" was the very first oh, song. Oh, I do know that song. The literally how I discovered the band was searching up Christian rock. Videos or something like that on YouTube.
0: Yeah, and this
1: would have been sometime 2009, like right after the album came out, I think, because okay. I came across a live video of them playing "Words of Red," like just a crappy live <laughs> video. Like you can't even like you can hear it, but it's not good. And I heard the riff just from that live video. I like instantly fell in love with that song. And wow. when I, I finally like I it. searched for the album, found again, found a download mm-hmm. that was. That was me at this time was just <laughs> downloading artists. everything left and right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, dude, this album is so iconic. It holds up so well today. I think maybe, maybe a hair lacking on the production side compared yeah. to uh world review. Just so yeah, we going from independent to tooth and nail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll so, give you some production, but there's some of the, like this is, like, their heaviest album. Like, if you like the rock side of Nine Lashes. Yeah. Like, overall. It's definitely it's, the most aggressive. Yeah. Except for their new stuff. There's a couple. Like, most raw. Some oh, of their, their new, new stuff, stuff
0: is, has some breakdowns in it.
1: Yeah. I was so surprised, and I love it. It's so can't good. It I really...
0: Now. They've released, what, five singles? Six or seven. Six. I'm really... Ho- I, I think playlist. it's been six. I, I would... I really hope that they do, like, a full album. Yeah, Nine Lashes is great. If you guys haven't listened to them, um, if you guys don't like hard rock, if you guys think that like that rock genre is cheesy, um, these guys are not cheesy. Um, with the exception of one album, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to say
1: something. I like that album, but so many
0: people hate it. Some people, so like, I'm not going to say the, the album's cheesy. The album is just not the same, and yeah. some people like it. It's not for me personally. That's not saying it's bad. That's not saying uh, that the music is bad. I'm just like, hey,
1: Nine Lashes wanted to make a worship album. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Nine Lashes, they made like an electronic worship album. If that's your thing, cool. It just doesn't happen to be my thing. But Yeah. um, yeah, Nine Lashes is great. I think that even someone who just wants heavy and isn't huge into rock, I think that you might enjoy Nine Lashes. <laughs> For sure. Uh let's see what other albums we got. Uh I mean we got Awake by Skillet. We could spend one minute on that. Um <laughs> A lot of people were disappointed by Awake because Comatose being their best album. Yeah. I will no, die that on was, that hill. I, I will die on the hill that comatose is their best album.
1: Definitely, I agree. And that was the thing. I Skillet red uh TFK, Pillar, those were all my early rock bands. But Skillet from the years 2007 at some point after I got into them uh-huh. to 2010 I guess short maybe 2011 I said Skillet was my favorite band. Like they were my favorite oh, band yeah. for so long. That was me from
0: <laughs> that was me from like 2012
1: to 13. Yeah, and I I was so disappointed with awake as a whole um i really like monster hero awake and alive like those songs Mm -hmm. are so good but i felt like there's so many slow songs and i'm just like this is boring like
0: i hate it yeah part of like how it contributes to 2009 being the greatest is because i you can fact check me on this i'm not sure if this is still true but i'm pretty sure monster is the most it's either the most downloaded or the most streamed Christian song of the 21st century. Wow. Okay. It's either stream. I think it's the most streamed Christian yeah. song. Dude, I was like, you're not getting
1: Chris Tomlin with like
0: 100 million streams on a song.
1: As popular yeah. as he is, you know? I was playing Counter-Strike back in the day.
0: Oh, uh, gosh.
1: If, for anybody who knows what that game is. And I would be, like, on a random side server where people could, like, play music in the server. And Monster by Skillet, at least the intro, like, the riff, like, was a thing that on some servers would play every round. Like, Oh, people it, loved that it song. It was when it so out. overplayed, but yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. So we got that. That's a
0: pretty iconic record in the scene. Yeah. Um, ooh, let's talk about... Let's talk about Wars and Rumors of Wars by The Chariot. My per- personal favorite album by
1: them. Yeah. Is that your favorite Chariot album? It is my favorite album from The Chariot. Uh, they're one of those bands that only in the last couple of years have I really come to appreciate them. It was kind of the gotcha. thing, like, after... Around the time when they were breaking up and they released their the little documentary. Yeah. And just seeing their footage of them playing live and, like, jumping oh. off the roof of a house and... Doing it's all so this cool. crazy stuff. That was when I started to kind of like them, but it. I I feel like last year, I listened to. It was like the 10th anniversary. Long live. Yeah, I listened to that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this these guys are like so good. But They're Wars so and good. Rumors of so Wars good. is yeah my favorite album. Such a
0: top notch album. The first track, Teach. It's got yeah. that like. Yeah. It's got that That's build the best up. part. <laughs> and it, it, it's such a long buildup. And then that breakdown, it just sounds like they're throwing their instruments down a staircase. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know how else to describe it other than yeah. that. It's like the band is falling down the stairs while they recorded it. The Chariot is always chaotic, but this took chaotic to another level to where it almost sounded all jumbled, but it still stayed in time and it was still organized like the the musical genius and creativity it took to even pull that off
1: yeah teach every time i hear it like i think it was a year and a bit ago i heard a snippet of that i think on the labeled podcast and i was like oh Uh, what song is that and as soon as i like i quickly skimmed through the songs and i found teach i'm like okay this is my favorite chariot song (laughs)
0: like oh yeah definitely my favorite chariot song so good we're intentionally leaving probably the biggest album out till the very end. Just by just so you guys know.
1: Yeah. Chris um, already knows what I mean. We didn't talk think, about this, but I think I know what you're meaning. I'm pretty sure. You know what I'm meaning. Philmont with their debut album. Ooh, Attention. Philmont. Guys, nobody knows it well, like it doesn't seem like nobody knows Philmont. Really yeah. Look up Philmont Attention. If you guys like Disciple, this that they don't sound anything like Disciple, but Josiah Prince of Disciple, Josiah. this was his first band. Or that I know of. It was, early it on was band. the band he was in
0: before Disciple.
1: Yeah, he looks like a baby in the pictures. And like scene kid Josiah really Prince. <laughs> if you like, I guess, Reliant K, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Stellar Cart, like, right? Yeah, Stellar Cart and uh, Hawk, Hawk Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. If you're yeah, into that kind like that. of vibe Old of music... School. Yeah, you'll you'll love Philmont, but so many definitely
0: good songs. Switchfoot, Hello Hurricane. Uh, I know that's like alt rock, but um, that is my favorite Switchfoot album. Uh, I think it is a phenomenal rock record uh, all the way through. It's a um, I will call it a perfect or a near perfect record. A near perfect record. Production's great lyrics are great every song sounds different but cohesive and i think that is just the height of Switchfoot, right there
1: okay mess of me i remember when they would play that live when i saw them at creation fest in 2010 and 2011 Mm -hmm. loved mess of me probably my Mm -hmm. one of my favorites the sound is
0: great like the sound is
1: like i mean that's got
0: like a really like good like hard alt edge to it yeah like like that is a that's a banger like (laughs) i'm not gonna call it heavy but it it's a rocking
1: song (laughs) and i'm pretty sure the other so those two songs are definitely my favorites and then i think the title track hello hurricane hello hurricane is such a good song yeah
0: oh dude one we left off um real quick if we're talking about alternative is the outsiders by need to breathe
1: oh okay
0: that, that i i don't post about need to breathe i love need to breathe but while we're on the topic of switchfoot i'll just throw that in there real yeah, quick yeah, for sure. i'm just gonna list a few that are honorable mentions i mean we got the serpent servant by impending doom like 2009's insane yeah 2009 face down records oh my gosh here just listen to face down they got the serpent servant sons of thunder uh, by sleeping giant portraits by for today depravity by a plea for purging mind you all four of those are um people would probably put them in their like big four of face down at least yeah. from that year and those were all of their sophomore albums just insane then you got hands yeah. coming onto the scene with creator which is a very very good post-metal album it really gets outshined a lot By um, by give me rest, rest,
1: yeah. uh,
0: Right, right there. If you're watching online, (laughs) Um, let's see what else. Uh, Earth from above. I mean, I guess that was strike first, but
1: um, there's lots of strike first. Uh, Sleep for sleepers. The clearing was face down slash dreamt. Thieves and liars. American rock and roll. Uh, And then we got strike for some uh, hope for home through solace. Uh, Earth From Above and Abel. Ugh. And In the Midst of Lions. And then also Face Down was Take It Back. Yeah.
0: Tooth and Nail had an amazing year. Uh, let's talk a little bit about In Shallow Seas We Sail by Emery. Their best album. And yes, I will die on that hill. Still, that another still hill I will day,
1: die on. as a whole, I agree. Did you see the artwork and the name for their new album that they're doing? Have you seen Rode any some of Dirt them? on it? Yeah. It, I didn't see the artwork. It looks pretty nutty. It's like a saw blade with like a couple fingers like sliced off. Oh, like I saw full that. Full red. Like It's so different. Um, I'm actually really excited to hear that. I'm excited for it, too. Yeah, but
0: In Shallow Seas We Sail is just such oh, a phenomenal, phenomenal album. I think it's their most vulnerable lyrically, I would say. Yeah. I'd say it's their most creative lyrically, too. So that is Emery's best album. Um, yeah. That and The Question are typically... They're two fan favorites. And then you've got the guys who can't get who can't stop listening to the week's end. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Walls. I mean, Walls is still arguably one I of the best songs.
0: <laughs> Walls is yeah. <laughs> are, are you uh, listening? Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tooth and Nail as a whole that year was insane. Like Showbread, The Fear of God, um, as City As City Spurn, Hell or High Water, The Almost with Monster Ooh. Monster is my a favorite. A lot of Almost
0: experimenting thing.
1: Like yeah. a lot of
0: those albums were more like, I feel like 2009, a lot of bands did a change in their sound.
1: And especially with Falling Up, uh, that oh, was yeah. arguably their demise of being a signed band. <laughs> but looking back now, I absolutely love that album. But at the time it was, it was just so different and weird and i think that's why it didn't sell and then they went independent and actually brought their career back from being and they made like eight
0: more albums
1: (laughs) (laughs) i alluded to it in the beginning
0: where i talked about bands who had their first album or their first ep and while it might not have been the greatest production or the greatest quality, which I'm not saying that about this particular one, it's an important year if a band that is really important to the scene made its debut that year. In 2009, we have Phineas with the Phineas EP, uh, their very first EP, uh, their very first like publicly released music through like a label. I know they had like an EP before that that not even the band members have. And I just found out about this like last week. Someone like oh, posted wow, a really? photo of it on Facebook, and Phineas commented on it and said, "Yo, like we don't even have this. Can you send this to us?" I was able to find like really like shoddy concert footage of them playing those no songs back in like two thousand seven. Really? Wow. at their college, yeah, it's it, really insane. Like they still shred. Uh, back to the Phineas EP. Um, Phineas is far and away one of the best christian metal bands in the scene today um i don't think anyone is arguing that uh they have their new album coming out uh just about a week from tomorrow from when we recorded this
1: oh man Um, i can't believe it's already And by the time this comes out i mean it actually might already be out
0: it might already be out definitely what is it
1: august 27th
0: August twenty seventh, yeah, yeah. August twenty seventh,
1: guys, go listen to uh, the new Phineas album. It's gonna, yes, hundred percent. I feel like the Phineas EP is almost a
0: cherry on top to two thousand nine, because without even without that, like it's still probably the craziest year. But then to have a band like as amazing and as incredible as Phineas is to make their debut and to come into the scene that year is just. <laughs> like yeah no, sure. it just,
1: you know and it's crazy because all of this stuff is leading up to we're saying 2009 is the greatest year overall of everything in christian rocket metal i would yes but i feel like it's leading up to 2010 and 2011 which were also crazy years
0: oh yeah and i definitely. think it would be
1: i would almost say 2000 maybe end of 2010 beginning of 2011 somewhere in there is kind of like the peak of the scene like peak popularity peak quality like everything but 2009 i don't know like it's it's before that but somehow better it's where all the meat is i feel
0: like most of these albums held up more than what was released in 2010 and 2011 not to say that that stuff didn't hold up i just felt like there were more hard hitters in, and except for for influence. today for today
1: still got better i'm just...
0: that's fair that's fair uh, people will crucify you if they if you tell them that they got better after breaker and portraits but i agree i think they did i yeah. think for today would agree uh, <laughs> Yeah, Maddie and I are best friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to interview him once. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. That sounded I, that sounded a lot less arrogant in my head.
1: <laughs> that was good. Um, I really look forward to the day. Hopefully, we have Maddie on the podcast here.
0: Oh, that would be really cool. Uh, that would that would be a lot of cool. That would be a, a lot, lot of fun. cool. Yeah. That would be a lot of cool. Um, <laughs> so. All that, there's so many good albums. It's a culmination of just like all these heavy hitters in the scene, bands that went on to influence the secular scene, too. And I think none more than what we have right now. Would you like to do the honors, Chris?
1: For sure. Oh, we got another drum roll Constellations by August Burns Red. Wow, that's. CDs. yes it's very scratched up yes <laughs> but uh yeah this is what uh, it features some of the most iconic songs in the christian metal scene of all time 100 percent. i would even say in just a metalcore scene yeah yeah and obviously based off the way we started the first episode <laughs> you know where we couldn't have have wear our hearts on again yeah <laughs> but dude like oh, man it's Whitewashed, Marianas Trench, uh, Indonesia, Meridian, Medler—those are my favorite mm. songs. But like, literally every other song is amazing. Every Great.
0: The Escape Artist is so good. Let's talk about Paradox. That breakdown section in Paradox towards the beginning—I I remember when I saw them on the Constellations 10th Anniversary Tour, and uh, I was punched in the face by that breakdown live. Like, that was just <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah rationalist was always the song that i was just like eh about and then i saw it live and i'm like oh okay like that's insane <laughs> like, yeah but that album i mean while it's not my personal favorite abr record team messengers um right, 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 right. Uh, messengers or die messengers <laughs> or die
1: <laughs> i'll die
0: then <laughs> you'll die okay all right this has been episode three of the keep the core <laughs> podcast <laughs>
1: Chris is out
0: chris, chris chris is Chris is in a better place.
1: I'm in the constellations.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm sorry uh, <laughs> Pastor Rob is gonna be the only listener laughing at that.
1: <laughs> hey I gotta gotta practice early from the dad jokes, you know, yeah.
0: Uh, you've been ten months married, and you've already you've already started. Yeah, messengers or die. So while this isn't my favorite ABR record, it's also not my number two favorite (laughs) ABR record.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, I.
0: It's number three, only because number one and two are tied for number one. Okay, so wait, what? It's. Rescue and Restore and Messengers have both had equally massive impacts on my life but for two different reasons mm-hmm. that I can't pick one over the other so oh. they are simultaneously my third favorite metal albums of all time. Constellations is number 2 or 3 if you if you however you count it. Yeah, I feel like the album is probably probably renowned as ABR's most popular album, I would say. Yeah.
1: I think it's what um, really broke them into definitely
0: the mainstream.
1: A hundred percent. I remember
0: they said that because they're doing all the different 10th anniversary tours, and I remember them saying they looked forward to playing Constellations again all the way through the most out of any of their albums.
1: Oh, Funny enough, dude, that was the only Chris. other big giant tour I've gone to from one of these bands was 10th anniversary of Constellations and then 10th anniversary of... Uh, with Such Archibald. a good show. Yeah.
0: Um, I think the album art is really iconic as well. ABR always has Absolutely. Al- iconic album art. I think just just their logo, just the, the titling. Typeface, Yeah, the titling, it's so iconic. There is that awkward time that Advent copied it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it like, literally looks like an August Prince Red album. <laughs> it does.
0: I thought it was an ABR album when I saw it for the first time. Favorite song off of Constellations.
1: I have to go with Whitewashed. That's oh, okay. I know it's probably overdone, but Whitewashed yeah. is... Uh, I would even say, arguably, that's my favorite, favorite August Burns Red song. Oh, okay. Period, I think. Period. I was, there's some that are really close, obviously, but Whitewashed yeah. was the song that got me into August Burns Red. It was a okay, song, fair. just that whole opening riff section, like the first minute or whatever, that like on repeat i i remember showing uh one of my teachers in high school during lunch lunch hour we were like in a classroom hanging that's out a cool teacher friends. yeah and i played that and he was like yeah this is pretty good yeah that's I mean, hilarious I mean, yeah it, that section i just flawless what about you favorite song
0: my favorite song it's tough because i've had different favorites at different times I can remember when I first got into ABR, I did the same thing, as I said earlier, where I just shuffled their entire discography because I didn't know where to start. And I remember any time a song came on off of Constellations, I was like, I love this so much. Uh, I remember Escape Artist being the first song off that album to really grab grab me, uh, get a hold of my attention, and pull me in, and then obviously whitewashed. uh, But... Sorry, Mariana's Trench is just, yeah. that is the most, like, beautiful, like, yeah. soft to heavy metal song ever. That intro is just so gorgeous. It, mm-hmm. It's captivating. It pulls you in. And then it, it, I think part of the reason the song hits so hard is because of the stark contrast between the two. Yeah. And it comes out of nowhere, too. When, when, when it comes in, it comes in heavy. And, um... I don't know. The the whole song is just, it, it's, it's incredible live. Um, it's got so much emotion to it. Um, you can really hear Jake's passion in his vocals <laughs> on that song. I love the sinking ship metaphor. Um, yeah. I'm a sucker. No, for sure. I'm a sucker for like <laughs> sinking ship metaphors.
1: <laughs> the waves crashing over me.
0: Yes. We can talk about Atlas into the sea another time. Cause I, I love that. But, um, yeah, overall, 2009 is the best year in Christian Metal history in terms of just releases alone.
1: It's scientifically proven now that we've talked scientifically about Scientifically proven. We cannot argue it. Otherwise, you're wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Kingdom Core podcast. We want to thank you guys so much for watching and all the support yes. so far it's thank been you insane it's been crazy
0: our first album our first album gosh our <laughs> we're, first we're, episode. we're recording an album guys <laughs> we're recording an album yes <laughs> oh my gosh just called uh, yeah Board. it's vocal it, it's just uh it's just chris singing uh for all eternity <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. don't look that up don't look it up
0: <laughs> yes, if so, um, all I wanted to say was uh, we genuinely, genuinely appreciate your guys' support, listening to it, sharing it with your friends, all the feedback. Um, we received countless messages of just uh, how much fun you guys had listening to it, uh, how it impacted you guys, which is amazing. It's uh, so praise awesome the Lord, that's exactly what we want. Not that we're into numbers or anything, but I think it is crazy that just on episode one when we had when we really didn't know what we were doing or getting ourselves into, we got number four in the heavy music genre on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. Number four insane. for, like, we've never done, like, a real podcast before. This is, like, it's insane. So, like, it'd be so cool to keep that momentum up there. Like, we were up there with, like, other people that, like, I look up to in the scene. We were, we were on the list with uh, lead singer syndrome. From Shane Told yeah, of Silver that,
1: That's a huge podcast.
0: I mean, the fact we were we were three spaces below him. Like that was just insane to see Kingdom Core next yeah. to Shane Told. Like, unreal. <laughs> so thank you guys. Like that we, it really means so much. Like we wanna say at the end of every episode if you guys are going through stuff if you guys need help any prayer uh encouragement uh feel free to always hit us up um you can hit me up on instagram at kingdom.core you can hit up chris on his youtube channel at for the rock or on his instagram at for dot the dot rock dot 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 dot, dot. and uh- <laughs> I'm gonna say on every episode, man. Oh no, yeah, it's it's good. I like it. <laughs> it's 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 so hard to remember where to say the dot. Yeah, no. I perfect dude. Yeah. We'll have links below in the description for this on YouTube for sure.
1: Yeah, and where you can stream it on all your different platforms. So if one day you're 100%. 100%. watching it, you can stream it on Spotify or Apple or there's a number of other mm-hmm. platforms as well. Um also guys, lastly, just before we get going, we wanna Beg for money from you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sow a seed <laughs> and the Lord will return a tenfold.
1: <laughs> oh, We're going man. Kenneth Copeland here. <laughs> Greffel dollar. Um, oh, gosh. No, but in all seriousness, we are planning on starting up a Patreon where you guys can uh, help support the podcast. Not to make money in any way and any money no, that not does get all. put in. Like it'll go directly into making this podcast better. Uh, yes. we, we have some actual costs of creating it. Uh, just, yes. just doing our recording and yes. equipment <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. we want to improve yeah, like- Sean's lighting. Yes, my lighting my lighting is
0: really bad i've got a lamp on a chair right next to me and then i've got a really big lamp in that
1: corner and he has a Um, laptop and a microphone sitting on the arm chair of a couch or something like that
0: yes i i wanted to improve my background from the last episode because i was just horrible having my space heater in the background i'm sorry guys i i just got married and i live in a tiny one bedroom Apartment. yeah so i'm doing the best i can with what i've <laughs> got sure. in all seriousness i would hate to ask for money i would hate to say um i would hate to make money from this like personally like we whatever and we promise this a 100 percent of what you guys donate to our patreon if you feel so called to goes back into this podcast in one way or another whether it's covering the cost of the software we use to film this, whether it be to get a better microphone, a better camera, I don't know, to, to invest back into this podcast for what you guys want. We uh, we haven't come up with, at the time of recording this, we haven't come up with the perks yet, but um, we don't want to give exclusive content because we don't want people to feel like they have to pay to get the full Kingdom Core experience. So instead, we want to gift you guys with, uh, like interactive, being a part of Kingdom Core, so we've like we've brainstormed stuff like um, doing a monthly like call with any anybody who has donated, or you guys could get like a blooper reel or whatever of bloopers when Chris and I um, <laughs> film this because yeah. we might have like a caller both-
1: call in like pre recorded message from somebody. Talking oh yeah, about band in the podcast, you know that kind of stuff. 100%. We'll we'll come up with some more stuff, but. That's that's kind of the, the idea of where we're going.
0: If you guys feel called to, it would be a huge blessing. If you guys don't, that's totally cool. And we're just, we're just thankful you guys are listening to this, honestly. Like, I have no clue how, gosh, we had probably 600 unique listeners f- for our last episode or for the first episode. I don't know yeah, how, so and right. it was an average of like an hour listened to for each person. I don't know how you guys did it, but <laughs>
1: thank you guys, <laughs> really. It means a lot. That is everything for this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. It is absolutely incredible. And uh, we will see you again soon. And stay tuned for more uh, artist interviews. That is going to be the main bulk of the podcast. So hundred stay on the lookout for that in the near future. All right. We love you guys. Love you guys. See you soon. Peace. God
0: bless. Thank you.